Welcome back to another episode of the Morning Skate, episode 252 in the books. Uh, apologies for not getting this one out sooner. Hand up, moving into a new apartment. Brownie went international. There's been a lot of things going on. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Yeah, we have a we have a lot to talk about. But Brownie, how's it going, buddy? Good. Like you said, I'm back from the northern hemisphere, the homeland of my uh, grandfather and my family. Uh, I'm back in the states after a. Oh, it was a fun tournament. We didn't win it, but it was fun. We'll get into it more in the beer league segment. But as you alluded to, we have to apologize, especially to our friends at World Hockey Report, who are unhappy with us for not having a Stanley Cup final preview podcast out. So we are recording right now as the Avalanche and Tampa Bay Lightning are about to go into OT on game one with the Avs on the power play for another 35 seconds or so. I mean, the boys are three, three. Sorry. The, boys are, the boys are buzzing right now. Um Yep. Tampa was the rightful winner of that series. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, it's 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 kind of bittersweet, dude, because we're probably only going to have one or two more podcasts left before it's off season. So, um, and then it's and then, and then it's uh, you and me talking about our daily existence and trying a whole to lot fill of in interviews. Gaps with interviews. Gotta inter- yeah, gotta get some interviews lined yeah. up. Uh, if you're a Rangers fan, um. I think next year I'm going to start a podcast, like a weekly podcast, along with this one called Talking Rags. Uh, so just head on a swivel with that. I'm sure I'm going to talk about a zero of the week, which really pissed me off. But um, let's just, let's It'll hop into the the morning skate yes. umbrella. The morning skate presents Talking Rags. 100. percent I love talking hockey with you, so like I'm definitely not going to get rid of this. But like I need. I need a fucking like weekly like platform where I can just kind of go off on the Rangers. It's 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 a lot. This this playoff run meant a lot to me. So, um, like Mia Culpa's. Let, let's get into it. Hi, this is Mia Culpa, and I'm here to introduce the morning skates Mia Culpa's with Ked and Brownie. All right, Mia Culpa. Buddy, the only Mia Culpa we have is we never got a chance to apologize to Mike Wood for a Carolina Hurricanes fan, our number one Carolina Hurricanes fan. Who, hey, Mike, that was a good email. If you want to cover the Hurricanes, drop us a line. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we never we never wished him a good job and gave him the old stick taps, and that was our only mea culpa. I mean, there might have been more, but I probably lost him at customs, so we're good. He uh, he wants more Carolina talk, and I thought it was interesting that every year they kind of do, like, the end-of-the-year exit interviews or whatever, and it yep. seemed like everybody from Carolina really thoroughly enjoyed playing there. So if I was a yep. Hurricane fan, I'd be pretty pumped about that. Smitty hey, take it, from a, take it from what's going on in Boston right now. That yeah. You want players to be happy. I can't wait. I, I kind of, in the, I'm in the weeds about it. Uh, my buddy Ant's been talking to me about Bruins, and I don't know how knowledgeable he is. He loves the Bruins, but uh, it, it'll be interesting to see your take on that. But uh, it's definitely, we have unfinished business season. Those are, that seems to be the yeah. actual interview uh, thing to do. But pat on the back for us. Um, that's good for us. So uh, NHL in the news. All right, bear with me. I only have one screen. So if you're telling me to look at you, you're going to have to let me know. Um, Let's see here. So first on the docket, Wayne Gretzky. Uh, Gretzky kind of went off. 
says, Kale McCarr is the closest player we've ever seen offensively and defensively that can make an impact on the game that is much uh, like Bobby Orr. Uh, McCarr's good. Like, do you think, like, do you believe? Oh, yeah, 100%. So, the, he, Wayne Gretzky is the second respected hockey mind that I've heard say that the next evolution of defenseman could be Kale McCarr. It, it, go, it could go down in 10 years as Kale McCarr, Bobby Orr. I mean, sorry, Bobby Orr, then Kale McCarr. I mean, it's pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, the first guy was me, but still, it still counts as a hockey mind. He's definitely electric, man. Like, the kid can skate, he can shoot, and that's just offensively. And the best way to play defense is just to play offense and make sure people don't have the puck. Uh, He's good at that. Yeah, but he, yeah, exactly. He fucking shot McDavid down. Um, He calls on McDavid, swatted the stick away like he was playing two levels below his normal beer league game and just kind of not being a dickhead out there. And the entire Oilers bench went, "Uh uh-oh, because (laughs) no one does that to McDavid. No, nobody does that. Except that girl in the pink dress. He's a – yeah, wow. He's he's an incredible player, UMass the zoo. Um, Shout-out to Kale McCarr, AA+. Uh, and more on Gretzky, a sweater from the Great Ones last game for the Oilers in 1988 Stanley Cup Finals, re- recently auctioned off for a cool $1.45 million. Can you imagine, like, that's just absolute fuck you money. Like, having 1.45 lying around be like, yeah, I'm just going to buy a jersey with it. How many jerseys could Elon Musk buy instead of Twitter? <laughs> you know, yeah, that's probably a better investment. Um, Is that – I wonder if that's like the – in terms of like jerseys, it has to be one of like the more—I don't know the word I'm looking for. Like, that's that's Iconic one of the, jersey. Yeah, easily, right? Like last game for the Oilers. So when you think of Gretzky, you think of Oilers, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure a lot of people don't, but yeah, I do. <clears throat> that would be like, uh, it would be like along the lines of uh, Brian Leach's last sweater that he wore for the rangers like if you could get think of it this way if you could get the sweater that mark messier wore when they won the cup yeah think about the, something like that right yeah that'd be pretty oh, fucking cool. actually speaking of the cup hold on one second because oh, i saw this earlier and i took a picture with my phone so on this day i know this isn't the bruins segment but on this day 11 years ago the bruins won game seven in vancouver and vancouver okay uh, and I went back in my uh, posts, social media, I guess. That a boy. That a boy. So uh, going, I'm assuming going into the third period, I posted 20 minutes for the rest of your life. <laughs> all right, and, Sam. And, and then like uh, an hour and a half later, I wrote, all I wanted to know is when's the motherfucking parade? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I remember picking Hal up outside of his house and – like I gave him a call because like how's like the guy where you have to give him a call ten minutes before you get there and then he'll still come out of the house like ten minutes after you get there. Gave him a call and I'm pulling down the street and he's just walking in the middle of the road just gassing beers. I'm like, okay, good for yeah. you. Like, I I wish that like. I wish I could experience that. Um, somebody who has experienced winning cups a couple two nice three times. Buddy. Victor Hedman is the second defenseman all time to have 15 plus playoff points in three straight seasons as 2020 to 2022. Only other player to do so was Dennis Poffin. Poffin sucks. But the Islanders uh, who did it for four straight seasons, 80 to 83. Pretty good. It's quite the stat. Yeah. I mean, you got you got to play enough playoff games and stuff. I bet Adam right. Fox is going to do that. He could. Although straight seasons, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Kale McCarr probably can too. Yeah. Um, but stick taps him. Guy's a fucking weapon. 
Buffalo Sabres are going to retire Ryan Miller's number 30 next season. Miller's a second goalie in franchise history. He his number retired behind Hoshik. <laughs> no word if Lucic will attend. Good. Yeah, I love that, Brownie. Um, I think they should. If I was the Buffalo PR, I would. I mean, I don't know how the Buffalo fans look at that play, but it would be funny to have Lucic on the video. Yeah, I like being like, hey. Miller, I don't know if Miller thinks it's funny at this point. Uh, yeah, I don't think Miller's going to be thrilled with that. Um, do you think that he earned this? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, when I think Ryan, Ryan Miller was nasty for a little bit. I think bit. of him as more of a USA. Yeah, I do too. A, but, was... but Buffalo sucked for so long when he was there. Yeah. Although right now somewhere Tom Barrasso is like, what the fuck do I got to do? <laughs> you know, I mean, he Tom played Brandon. through some tough years there too. Um, but good for him. All American yeah. good And American listen, boy. Buffalo, I'm all in favor of Buffalo getting good vibes and good stuff happening for that franchise because – I know everybody says like the NHL is better when the Rangers are good or one of the original six, right? You know, there's always that saying. Yeah. I think the Buffalo Sabres make the NHL a little better when they when they're not a laughing stock for sure. Yeah, no, because their fans are nuts. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, there's some la- there's overlap with Bills Mafia and Buffalo Sabres fans. Absolutely, I think Bills Mafia is just waiting for the Sabres to be good. Yeah, fair enough. Um. Colorado, there were four instances of a defenseman recording at least nine points in a four-game sweep of NHL playoff history. Kale McCarr is two of them, both this year. In the sweep of Edmonton, McCarr's line was two goals, seven assists for nine points. He's a plus five, averaging 28 uh, 28 minutes, 30 seconds, time on ice a game. That stat is brought to you by our boys over at World Hockey Report. A-plus stat there. Uh, I mean, that just kind of goes right back into the fucking uh, Bobby Orr. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the first game of the Edmonton Colorado series, 25 players at a point that's tied for the second most all time in any playoff game ever 13 for Edmonton, 12 for Colorado. That's insane. Yeah, that's pickup hockey. Yeah, guys were guys were going off. And even more Colorado asked about the finals. Kale McCarr responded about the lightning. They're a team that's looking to build a dynasty and we're a team that's looking to start a legacy. Dude, that's what you want to hear, though. Something like that. I guess, dude. But like. Oh, if Adam Fox said that, you would get it tattooed on a QR code or something. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, what 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 constitutes a legacy? How many cups in a row do you have to win to fucking win a legacy? Because to me, to I think a legacy, a legacy is more no, no, important than a dynasty. Start a legacy. A legacy to me, the way I interpret it, is that they're trying to set like a new baseline. Is Western Conference Finals? cup runs that's the legacy that they're building something now for the future okay so he wasn't saying like they're trying to do this we're trying to one-up them and start no i don't think so it, okay. i think he was talking about them in different stages i mean i think it's a little backhanded dig that they're on the way down and they're on the way up i mean you can yeah. take it that way you know but well we'll see um montreal hired marie philip oh damn marie philip poulin poulin marie philippe Poulon. Nailed it. As a player development consultant, the gig is part-time, so will not affect her status with the women's team. They were talking Dude, about she's won four. She's won four gold medals in four consecutive Winter Olympics. Yeah, and she, like, I think she scores every fucking time. It's she's like filthy. She, yeah, she's, she's absolutely filthy. She might be the best women's player of all time. She could be, yeah. Definitely sure. up there. Um, actor Viggo Mortensen wore a signed Guy Lafleur jersey to the Montreal premiere of his new movie, Crimes of the Future. Do you like to see that? That's pretty. That cool. could have been dump and change, but I thought it was good for the Montreal. I like that. And then uh, Marty St. Louis signed to a three-year extension on uh, June first. Good for him. 
Like yep. uh, Montreal kind of turned around as soon as he got in there. I think he's going to, nobody's ever going to disrespect Marty St. Louis. Like the guy just cares yep. and he knows his shit. So, and I'm but, pretty sure yeah. he could probably outskate half the team still. Yeah. Easily. You know? Easily. All he has to do to shut them all up is come in in short shorts. And they're going to be like, look at those legs. Yeah. Look at those fucking trunks. <laughs> um, Edmonton, Darnell Nurse, uh, he tore his hip flexor in the first round, gutted it out for the run. That's insane. Like, I've pulled that's a hip flexor dude. before, and it's awful. I can't imagine tearing one. That's that's Bergeron level right there. Yeah. I don't know why that's not talked about enough. Like, that's insane. I don't know. Um, This was more Evander, just like a talking point. Yeah, Evander Kane, the hit on Nazim Kadri. I don't know if the series turned. I'm pretty sure fucking Edmonton was out in that series regardless. If you have Mike Smith in that, you're not going to win anything. Mm-hmm. But – what a bonehead play. And then he kind of – he went to, like, Instagram and Twitter and, like, thanked Edmonton shit, and it sounded like he isn't coming back there. No, he played his way out of there. He's not coming back. He's going to cash in, and the guy needs the money. You know what I mean? I so, who's going to give him a deal, dude? Like, strict PR alone. Who's, who's will. willing to do that? Because he was a model citizen when he got there. Yeah, and he, he played really well. Yeah, he played uh, excellent. And they're saying Kadri, speaking of Kadri, he may come back if this go if this series runs late, like it goes five, six, seven. That'd be cool. What a kick in the uh boost, a shot in the arm, I guess. Not a kick in the pants. What a shot in the arm that would be if yeah. he came back. Um shot in the arm, shot in the foot, high ankle sprain, Leon dry sidle. Set a Stanley Cup playoff record. We recorded six straight games of multiple assists, and I think he had a high ankle sprain. And everybody that I've talked to says uh ankle sprain hurts more than a broken ankle. So that's insane. Well, not only hurts more, it's a longer recovery. Yeah, it lingers. So, I mean, he uh, put the team on the back. That guy was fucking, he was lights out. Lights out. Um, While the team still has Mike Smith under contract and have asked for Smith and Duncan Keene to let them know their plans by July 1st, their backup goalie, Miko Koskinen, he's going to HC Lugano in Switzerland. So, yeah. dude, Edmonton, go out and get a fucking goalie. Please. Yeah, you would think. <laughs> Finally, can you just go get fucking somebody? I, I saw Gibson's fucking pissed off over in Anaheim. Go get a goalie. Oh, hold on. New breaking news. Oh boy, Colorado just won it. In oh, who's, who scored? I was looking at you. I, I, they're about to show the replay. I bet. You know what? I will say this. I love watching Vasilevsky and the Tampa Bay Lightning skate off with their heads down. I'm not worried. Not worried. I, the one cool thing about Colorado is when they play home and when they when they kill off a penalty, they play out that Super Mario's brother. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's like, right. I think that's kind of sick. They are. Um, mo- I can't see who it is still. They are mobbing someone. This is a great oh, podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I love this. <laughs> they keep showing Tampa walking off sad and then not showing. There we go. Now they're showing Colorado. Maybe show the replay. Yeah, probably not though. I mean, Good Lord, how long? Who's this? ESPN, right? Yeah. Ray, Ray Ferraro is probably still talking about how bad the Rangers suck. <laughs> well, he's he's somehow uh, who was it? Nakushin. Valerie Nakushin. Yeah. Nakushin. Yeah. Yep. I still haven't seen a replay. It's been at least a minute. They're just showing the players. Like, show a replay. <laughs> well, you'll you'll get into that. Uh, and then uh, just one sorry. last thing with Edmonton, Connor McDavid. That video that came out with him, and he wasn't with his girlfriend. Why I, is this a big deal? And I think it was from a couple years ago. And honestly, fuck the dude who recorded that video. Like, I, oh I don't my know. God. I will say this: what a pretty goal! <laughs> a pretty pretty goal. Of course, it they was. broke in uh, rebound, and then they had the high triangle. They went seam pass, circle to circle, one timer, 
And it wasn't the Kushin. Uh, who took the original? Here we go. I know. This is a horrible. I apologize. <laughs> but it was a great goal. Go online. Colorado's up one nothing. Yeah, I can't see his name. They, they won't show the... 95. Borofsky. No. Oh, Borofsky. Andrew Marikoski, yeah. Yeah, he scored on the one timer. It must have been from Nakushin's pass. All right. All right. Well, Colorado's up one nothing. I still have Tampa in six, so we'll figure it out. Um, all right. Yeah, back to McDavid. Thought it was first. They can't record that video as a fucking asshole. Well, take that out of it. Who cares? He's not married. Yeah, I guess. He's got a girlfriend. So what is he, 25? Yeah, he's young. So he's yeah. a rich young. Good-looking guy who plays hockey in a hockey-mad city, and he's cheat maybe cheated on his girlfriend. How is this news? Yeah, it, it shouldn't be, which I'm sure – actually, people listening to this podcast probably don't give a fuck, but there, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that probably be very upset about that. Oh, whatever. <laughs> oh, whatever. It's more of a story if he wasn't doing that. In um, my so this this is something I haven't seen. The three hours oh, yeah, this week? No, new pro league formed for three on three play with former NHL players. A breakdown: it's two eight minute halves, six teams a league, all six players and a goalie. They're touring North America with each stop featuring six games, three games first round, and then two in the semis, and then a final. All takes place in three hours. No power play, right to a penalty shot. Coach picks a shooter. No overtime, straight to a shootout. Goalies can play the puck anywhere on the ice. If a puck goes into the netting and comes back on the ice, it's live. No challenges for offsides. The coaches are Guy Charbonneau, Grant Fior, John Leclair, Joey Mullen. Larry Murphy and Brian Trottier. The biggest name playing right now is Bugsy Malone for Grant Fuhrer's team. Joey Mullen's son, Patrick's on his team. Marty Verdeer's son, Jeremy's on Team Carbonow. Chris Bork is on the league taxi squad. Looks to be fast-paced with lots of scoring. The tickets top out about 40 bucks. The league's tagline is the best part of hockey. The tour starts this weekend in Las Vegas and then heads out to Denver, Grand Rapids, Hershey, uh, London, Ontario, Pittsburgh, Quebec City, Nashville, and then back to Vegas to wrap up the season in late August. That's pretty fucking cool. I'm into that. So I've seen uh, Bugsy Malone's uh, Instagram, I think. He is working his bag off to get in shape for this game. Really? Yeah, he is taking this very seriously. I mean, as seriously as he takes everything, it seems. I mean, mean, he's a good, he seems like he's a guy that likes to have a good time. I don't, I mean, you hear the stories on Chicklets with those guys about him and everything, but he's in great shape and he just is posting videos of him working his nutsack off. So yeah, I mean he gets to call out the bat signal in another fucking eight eight places to go play hockey. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it seems like a it seems like a good um a good idea. I mean it'd be a fun league and the whole thing at three hours for 40 bucks. Yeah. If they if fun. it was closer to here I would go watch it. Same. I would do. Um Calgary Mayor. Oh boy. Jacques Gundek honored a bet she made with Edmonton Mayor. Oh my God. I know. Soul? What is Tough that? names. Yeah. Uh, where I lost it. Uh, prior to the Battle of Alberta, and is wearing an Oilers sweater and face paint at a city council meeting. Yeah, she looked like Putty from Seinfeld. It was pretty funny. Lannisters always pay their debts. Uh, Winnipeg, a local brewery, has teamed up with a sports talk radio show to offer Barry Trotz free beer for life if he signs as a head coach of the Jets. Trotz was born just over three hours away in Dolphin, Manitoba. The little brown jug base in Winnipeg has quite the lineup of lager, golden ales, IPAs, and ciders, along with offering free delivery in the city of Winnipeg on Thursday and Friday. That's fucking cool. If Trotz signs there, or maybe if he doesn't, we'll, I'm going to try to reach out to a spokesman and see if we can get him to come on the pod. That'd be cool. Yeah, I think it's a pretty neat idea. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Vegas. They hired Bruce Cassidy. 
Yep. Um, he has familiarity with the management of Golden Knights. The president of Hockey Ops is George McPhee. Was the GM of Washington. Gave Cassidy his first NHL head coaching position. Um, let's let's kind of wait to hear about Cassidy when you talk bees, because I'm sure you're probably going to have a lot to talk about there. Enough. Uh, Empire State Building. The Wayne Gretzky buildings got in on the trash talking during the uh, Rangers Carolina series when they replied to a tweet. This was stupid. A storm is coming from New York City, and then they replied with like a fucking like lawn chair, like barely bent over. And uh, no, 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 that was a different one. Oh, okay. Well, the they Empire replied- State Building replied from their official Twitter. Okay, and, and said never trust the extended forecast. Yeah, I like that. Well, showing the tower lit up in the New York Rangers colors. A plus. Would that be the Wayne Gretzky of buildings? Give me your top three buildings. Damn, I dude, I'm not like a big building guy. Like the World Trade Centers were fucking huge. Like everybody knew about those. No, yeah, yeah, that could be one. But I'm thinking like for me, I would say St. Patrick's Cathedral. Place okay. is awesome. The uh Sydney Opera House. Okay, yep. I know that one. And then there's a castle in Scotland. It's the castle like Ilion Dolan or something like that. I don't know that one. I was at those buildings. That's I, and they I, I remember <laughs> them distinctly. No, that's I mean I could say like the house I grew up in, but I'm talking famous top three. Those would be my three, I guess. Yeah. The the original Yankee Stadium. Oh, Madison Square Garden, dude. There you go. Boom. Um, Arizona, the city of Tempe announced that, uh, their city council has agreed to negotiate with the Coyotes on a $2 billion development plan, including a new arena. Gary Bettman endorses the plan without hesitation, but said a 30 year, no relocation agreement would be required. Sorry, Quebec city 30 year. Yeah. He's saying it it's locked in for 30 years. You think that you think that that much money and that much, that big of an area, there's gotta be a casino, right? You'd think it's gotta be. I don't know. They'll figure it out. They need to get a fucking rink. Um, this is this? this is not really. But go ahead, you'll like this. Boston, according to the totally legitimate, well-received website Wallet Hub, the top five cities for the best five hockey fans: New York, St. Louis, Detroit, Pittsburgh, Boston. Yeah, okay, bud. <laughs> um, more Boston. A team from Boston area from the Big Four has made the finals nineteen times in the last twenty-two years. That's the Pats, the Sox, the Bruins, and the Celtics. They've won thirteen championships in that span. So if you're under thirty in New England, you're spoiled. Fuck. <laughs> That's for me. <laughs> uh, and then a couple quick tidbits on the Stanley Cup Finals. First time neither team ends with the letter S. It's the first yep. time since 1979 there will be no former NHL teammate Vyarmir Yager playing in the finals. He played four games with Andre Palat for the Czech uh, Republic in 2014. So this is so technically this he's still a teammate of Yager's, but he's on an NHL teammate. Okay. It's crazy, dude. So since 1980, he has had a teammate in the – Excuse me, in the finals. That's pretty crazy. I mean, it goes I, I have the list here. I kept it in front of me. Like Brian Trottier in eighty through like eighty three, and then Messier, Joe Mullen, you know, and then uh I mean you know, Dougie Brown, Scott Gomez, Shanahan, Jay Pondolfo, it's just Sean Thornton, Willie Mitchell, Dan Carcillo, Matt wow. Cullen. He played it's, on yeah, a ton of teams, too. Yeah, he played with so many different guys. So yeah. I, that was just a funny little thing. Um, awards. The Bill Masterton Trophy went to Carey Price. Yep. Uh, the Bergeron Award went to Bergeron. Yep. The Lady Bing went to Kyle Connor. 
and the Jack Adams went to Daryl Sutter. And then the King Clancy Memorial Trophy went to P.K. Subban. So uh, just stay tapped for all of them. What did you say? No, I got my pages out of order. I apologize. (laughs) All right, dump and change, Brian. Take it away. That's why I'm panicking. I got my page set over. (laughs) (laughs) This is the downside of printing out your shit. All right, here we go. Aaron Donald of the LA Rams has officially secured the bag. The Rams gave him a two-year, $60 million extension. He's now the first non-quarterback to eclipse $30 million per year. The deal gives him a $30 million raise, uh, sorry, $40 million raise over the last three years of his existing deal with no New Year's added. The three-year, now $95 million contract makes him the highest non-quarterback in the highest paid non-quarterback in the NFL. And I want to say out of the 95, I think 65 is guaranteed. That must be nice. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Uh, Jennifer Hudson. Do you know Jennifer Love Hudson? Jennifer Hudson. That's Goldie Hawn's daughter. No, not at all. Oh, wait. Kate Hudson. Yes. Jennifer okay. Hudson. Me, me a couple. Fucking. <laughs> Jennifer Hudson has joined <laughs> the EGOT Club. Do you know what the EGOT Club is? No. The EGOT Club is the Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony. Damn. Good for her. So she won a producing Tony for the play A Strange Loop. The American Idol contestant, who somehow took seventh, previously won an Oscar for supporting role in Dreamgirls and Emmy in 2020 as a producer on an animated film and had two Grammys to her credit, one in 2009, for her debut album, and then again in 2017. She becomes only the 17th person in history to join the EGOT Club, which is pretty exclusive. Uh, Names that you may know are Rita Marino. You know her? No. The original West Side Story. John Legend. No. uh, Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber. Whoopi Goldberg. Audrey Hepburn. Huh? She's a hack. Who? Whoopi Goldberg? I fucking hate Whoopi Goldberg. Okay. Audrey Hepburn and Mel Brooks. I always get Mel Brooks confused with Mel Gibson. I don't think I know who Mel Brooks what? is. Who's oh Mel Brooks? God. Oh my God! Who's Mel, Mel Brooks? Brooks? All right, so Mel Gibson is a tall I know Mel Gibson. Australian he's anti-Semite. Yeah, and Mel the, Brooks. He, wait, is a, he's Australian? Yeah, I didn't know that. And Mel Brooks is a short little Jewish man from Brooklyn who makes hilarious movies. Okay, Mel Brooks I think it's just makes, the name Mel. There's not too many Mel's out there. Fair. Mel yeah. Brooks made uh, Spaceballs, Young Frankenstein, okay. uh, uh, Blazing Saddles, tremendous movies. Okay. So, anyways, uh, a week or so ago, a fan made a highlight catch the Mets national game. Would you see this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When the Mets outfielder Starling Marte, I guess, yep. hit a two-run homer in the first in the center field, the pan, a fan in the stands made the incredible bare-handed catch leaning over the railing while holding the toddler in his left arm. Both the Mets and the DSS are looking for the fan. Analyst Keith Hernandez noted that, quote, the baby look relaxed during the catch. That was his play-by-play. I think it's so cool when dads do that, but one of these days a dad's going to fuck up. That's why I said, yeah. Yeah, yeah, one of these days he's going to overcommit to a ball and the baby's going to go flying or the baby's going to get wrecked by baseball. Yep. Agreed. Uh, The the match, the quote-unquote the match, between Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes and Joss Allens was a bit of a chirp fest. Allen played with a picture of the famous picture of Brady at the combine. Mm-hmm. He had that on his golf balls. And then Brady played with the Lombardi trophy on his golf balls and tweeted out a pic tagging Allen, asking if he's ever seen one. <laughs> uh, Mahomes started all when they, when him and Allen were sitting for an interview before the tournament. And when they asked people, they asked like what they were afraid of and Mahomes 
chirped in that he was afraid of the coin toss, <laughs> which is pretty funny. But Josh Allen's like, fuck all of you. Yeah. Uh, teacher of the year, Peter Tabichi. He won a $1 million prize this past November. This just came out like within the last week. Um, this guy works in rural Kenya and gives 80% of his salary to his students' families that are in below the poverty line. Jesus. With the prize, Tabichi hopes to improve the village water system and bring Wi-Fi and computers to his students. So he was going to be my hero of the week, but I changed it and put him in dump and change. Okay. Uh, in the Canadian Open this week, golf, the tourney officials set up a hockey net 250 yards away from the tee on a practice hole. Brandon Hagee nailed the shot with a two iron and was visibly excited as he sprinted to the net to get his ball. He commented <laughs> how he never played hockey growing up, so technically this was his first goal. Canada, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was some golfer. All these guys, all these young guys who were super stoked to be part of this were like in good shape and everything. Then there was some fucking slob with a vest on, and he's like, you guys are really into hockey, huh? And I was like, fuck off, dude. Just skip the ball. <laughs> Uh, oh, you know how we talk about one of the, the only in sports numbers things? Yeah. All right. This is crazy. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has 87 home runs and an on-base percentage of 363 in his first 403 Major League career games. His dad, Vladimir Guerrero Sr., had also 87 home runs and also an on-base percentage of 363 in also his first 403 Major League games. Bro, they both crushed the ball. Like but Vlad that is insane yeah. to get all three of those numbers. What are the odds on that? Dude, Vlad Guerrero was a fucking nail gun, too, because he didn't wear batting gloves. I was just going to say, he never wore batting gloves, and he would swing at every pitch no matter how far out of the zone. And he'd swing so fucking hard. Yep. Like, he, he, was, he was awesome. And he had a fucking cannon of an arm. Yeah, I don't know if the kid has that arm. But uh, in the end of an era, for all you people calling beeper numbers to get your drug dealer to call you back at a payphone. The last public payphone in Manhattan was removed last month from its spot on 7th Ave and West 50th. There is still a scattering of, phone, scattering of phones on private property, but that is it for public payphones in New York. It's kind so, of a sad, bro. Yeah, I guess some of them, there's still some of the Superman phones. like they, That's what they call them, the tall, you know, the doors. Yeah. But this was the end. And if you, if you never stood at a bank of payphones waiting for a callback, then you didn't do drugs, gamble, or hook up with random girls when the uh, in the nineties. Fair enough. Um, speaking of in the nineties, have I told you I started watching The Sopranos? Yes. Oh man, what a fucking show! What a fucking show! That's about all I got for that. Just wanted to bring that up for a quick second. I love with your breaking tips. Hey, have you heard about this show, The Sopranos? Have you heard of The Sopranos before? <laughs> um, Rangers, man. Fuck. Uh, hell of a run. Uh, I ended up saving a ton of money because if they went to the cup, I would have spent a lot of money to go to the games. Uh, oh, and the they, merch, the stuff you buy after they win, yeah. dude, you just piss away money on every single ad you see on TV. They overachieved big time. Um, we got a great goalie. Keandre Miller is a fucking stud. Um, I, I just, I don't even know really where to begin. Um, Capo being scratched the last game and people freaking out about it. Like, dude, Gerard what do you Gal think about that? I think Gerard Gallant is an NHL head coach, and I have no reason to be pissed off about that. Like, because he the has a better opinion. They were talking about the cap implications. If teams are going to be calling about Capo now, Capo's exit interview, he pretty much said that this is going to affect anything he likes playing for New York. If anything, it's going to motivate him to be better. 
that's the kind Perfect. of guy you want on your team. Perfect. Uh, Lafreniere played great. Hedo played really well. Um, I love in the exit interviews, everybody wore like super casual stuff. Feverboy Rex pointed this out. And uh, Ryan Strom wore every bit of New York Rangers gear he could find to that. I what do you mean? He, really? He, he had, get all his gear on? Yeah, I think he wants to stay in New York. He had a pelvis injury, so figure yeah. that one out. Um, Adam Fox was dynamite. What's up? Is it a pelvis injury different than a groin injury, you think? I don't know. No, because I think if it was a groin, they would have just said groin. Yeah. Um, Mika ended up showing up once I called him out. Kreider didn't play awful. Frankie Vitrano was fucking great. He was lights out. Did he play his way out of New York money-wise? <sighs> he he hit us with, uh, we have an unfinished business. I think he likes playing in New York, so... Well, he's playing first line minutes, of course. He is. Yeah. Um, Gallant said that Capo and Lafreniere should both be in the top six next year. Um, did you see Chris Kreider's interview, dude? He was very upset. I saw that talk about Mika, how he felt like he let him down, right? He started crying. Like, and then every fucking soy boy is like, put the C on his jersey, care so much. Am I an asshole for like not wanting a captain who's fucking waterworks every single time he's interviewed? Like that's him. Every time he has does an interview, he's super fucking serious. His voice cracks, and you think he's gonna cry. He like, doesn't seem like he has fun when he plays. It was insane. Like before the thing happened, Feverboy Rex also hit me up, and he's like, "Yeah, I bet Kreider cries today." And doesn't he fucking cry? Like, and everybody's like, "Put a C on his jersey." Like, do you really want your captain? Like. Like I know if they're playing the Ranger or if they're playing the Bruins and Kreider has a C on his jersey, the first thing Marshan's gonna go is he's gonna be like, Oh, so your your team fucking loves a bunch of little fucking crybaby pussies. <laughs> like a hundred percent. You can't like I don't know. I don't fucking know. They asked Galan if there's gonna be a captain next year. He said they're definitely gonna think about it. He said if they had won that, you know you have to go up to um to the Eastern Conference like that trophy. Then if you touch it, you don't touch it. He said there would have you would have kind of figured out who they were kind of leaning towards. But for the love of God, dude, he scored 52 goals this year. He was fucking great this year. He's the most consistent he's ever been. But like lay off with the fucking captain talk, dude. If like, you gun to your head, you had to pick a captain for the Rangers, who would you pick? Right now, this minute. Um, I have two, and neither of them are Kreider. Um, the first one would be Truba, and if not Truba, Barkley Gaudreau. Those would be my. Oh, two. you've come around! Oh my guy. You can definitely tell that Barkley Gaudreau is a presence in that room. Yep. Like, um, yeah. So th- those would Actually, be. I agree with you. I would say I'd say both of those guys. Yeah, those would be my two. But it's it's weird. Like I don't think Adam Fox has the C in him. Not if yet. I were to do it, if I were to do it, if I were to do it myself, have to name a captain. It'd probably be true, but then I would give the A's to, uh, well, fuck, dude. I just, it sucks because I think Lindgren deserves an assistant captain so bad, but they already have so many. It's just like, what do you do? Um, the day after they were eliminated, fucking Drury signs Kratz off to a one year deal one way. So love to see. There's no days off for Chris Drury. Love seeing that. And they signed this fourth line Swedish kid centerman that is going to be competing for the fourth line center spot next year. Hopefully Kevin Rooney goes to Mars. Um, it was, it was interesting. It was a hell of a run, dude. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun chirping people, but I'll tell you what, I'm so much less stressed out now. <laughs> like in my, my life's back to normal. It's like not every other day I can't leave my house. So 
Uh, shout out to my neighbor. We watched a lot of hockey. He's into hockey. Like I haven't been to the Rangers. Then I'm at, I was at softball tiny text and he's like, yo, sir, are we watching this game right now? Because I am. And I'm like, okay, that's fucking cool. Kid loves hockey. So, so wait, today's what? Thursday, Wednesday, today, Wednesday. Monday. Yeah. They're playing Friday night. You have the bonfire with you, with your neighbor. I probably will. I probably will. Depending on, I have to, I just moved into this place. So I have to like kind of wrap some shit up here, but. Uh, that probably will end up happening at some point. But shout out to New York Rangers. They were just couldn't have asked for more. And it's funny because back in 2014, they made the cup. And like, I remember it. It was with my dad. It was cool. But like, I just felt like I was so much more heavily invested in this team than any Rangers team I've ever been invested in, in a weird yeah. way. No, it's fair. Um, so, As you get older. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Let me, I'm going to ask you a question. question. Well, sorry. What's up? I want to ask this question because I was listening to 32 Thoughts with uh, Merrick and Fridge there. Yeah. And Merrick posed this question. Do you remember opening night? Yeah. When everybody was like, the Rangers are playing the Caps, yeah. must see TV, and the Rangers got dry humped up and down the ice, yep. and they lost 4 to nothing. was it? I think 4-1. All right, 4-1, whatever. If you could go back... So for anyone who's disappointed in the Rangers, if you could go back to how you felt at that moment when that final horn blew and to where the team ended up, you have to be ecstatic. I truly think that if the games didn't go long in Pittsburgh and Carolina, like games one and two, Tampa definitely didn't have their legs. But you could tell by the end of that series of Rangers, they had nothing left. Like they were just running on E. They played. They played like forty hockey games in like twenty days. No, 20, 20 hockey games in like forty <laughs> days. Two days. Like um, Igor was fucking so good, and that makes me feel good. The bounce back from Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh worried me a little bit, to be honest, but he he was great. Next year we'll have a different backup goalie. Yep. Um, Ryan Strom. I doubt he comes back. He'll probably go to like Seattle and make fucking big bucks. I actually, I, I gotta be honest with you, Georgiev would be an upgrade for the Oilers. Georgiev would be the fucking classic Edmonton Oiler thing to do, and they would fucking suck. That's exactly. But he would be I, an upgrade. He'd be an upgrade still. No, I don't think so. I'd rather have Mike Smith in the cage than Alex Georgiev. Really? Yeah, uh, Georgiev can steal a game. That's one thing he can do. When he's on, he's fucking nasty. But that's one of every twenty games he plays. All right. Fair enough. So that's kind of what I have on the Rangers. Do you have any other questions for me regarding this team? This fucking no, buddy. I enjoyed team. watching them because once the Bruins were out, I was pulling for them for you. You know, yeah. uh, they're a fun team to watch. Uh, I still, I really don't care for Kreider and Zabinajad the way they play. Although Kreider's growing on me, um, Zabinajad's just got that glide in him. I I cannot stand. <laughs> but there are so many guys on that team that I do like their games. Mika can fucking score, dude. He has such a good shot. And Panarin played like dick. There's I think Panarin was hurt. I think that'll come out. Yeah. Their their kid line was fun to watch. The fourth line was great. Their defense is deep and no, stacked. Their fourth, and every fourth time line was awful, dude. Their I thought their fourth line was horrendous. Like no, I mean I just like watching Reeves play. I do too, but he's such a liability in the D zone. Like if he's oh, not yeah. out there banging bodies, then there's no reason to have him in the lineup. Kevin Rooney's terrible. They well, were wasn't awful he on draws. Control playing fourth line minutes. He he was, but like it just I don't know. When Strom went out, they put Barkley Goudreau on the second line when they should have kept him on the fourth line and moved Tyler Ma up. And our fourth line got exposed by their fourth line every time they're out there. Kevin Rooney fucking should never play another hockey game. Well, Sammy Blaze on the men, right? Yeah, Sammy Blaze should be. Oh yeah, that happened too. So Sammy no, Blaze, like that's not. You know what? 
I was I I I didn't even put that in the notes because it's a French. He's he's speaking French. He wasn't speaking English. Yeah, it's definitely different. a common way to say my sister looked good, basically. Yeah, yeah it was nothing. a it was a fucking weird. It was the it was breakup day, and I woke up and I go on Twitter and Sammy Blaze trending. I'm like, oh fuck, was he like good and like they didn't play him? And it's like, no, nah, I just thinks his sister's hot. It's like, fuck. All he said was she looked nice, but in when you translate it, yeah, it, whatever. It's a nothing burger. Yeah. All right. Go off, dude. But anyways, I just I, I, I enjoyed the Rangers play. I thought it was they had a good team play. I love appreciate seeing Vitrano out there. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, now here we go in the opposite direction right, entirely with the Boston Bruins. I can't wait to hear all about this because I don't I just know that they fired Cassidy Central. So the Bruins, uh, I don't even know how to begin. All right, let me let me get this stuff out first. So Marshand, McAvoy, Grizzlick, Riley, and Bergeron all underwent surgery at the end of the year. Yep. Grizzlick, Marshawn, and McAvoy will not be ready until okay. I think November 1st at the best. Okay. Riley and Bergeron should be good to go. Bergeron has still not committed to next year. Okay. Uh, about two weeks ago, Kevin Dean, the assistant coach, was fired. Uh, he was in charge of the power play, which I thought, okay, that makes sense. Cassidy staying around because at the time came Cassidy was the one who wanted to have gone. Okay. Sweeney endorsed it. The GM fires what the coach wants. It's a pretty good indicator that the coach is safe. Okay. The coach's Cassidy's exit interview, he was told that he was part of the plan and he would finish out his contract. He had one year left. Meanwhile, Sweeney's contract was in limbo as well. This is all going on. Okay. There's been a lot of rumors about players tuning out Cassidy and that his style of coaching was not to the liking of the players. Uh, Ryan Whitney on Spit and Chicklets reemphasized this, and he's boys with Wags and some of the other players, so there could be some validity to that. So you have the knee-jerk reaction, like, what the fuck are they doing? And then you have you look at it, and all these guys were asking for trades under Cassidy, and if Frederick would make a dumb play, he'd get sat. But if Felino made the same play, he'd be out there the next day, which I understand right. short players have short ropes. But Cassidy was the winningest play, winningest coach in NHL history from the beginning of his tenure. Okay. Right? So I got into a little bit of a rabbit hole with this, and <laughs> I honestly believe after looking at everything, the person to blame for all this is Cam Neely. Okay. Cam Neely's the president. Don Sweeney's the GM. Cam Neely makes the call above Don Sweeney. So let me break this all down for you. Sweeney told Cassidy he was safe and allowed him to fire Kevin Dean. I'm not sure a GM would do that unless he eventually wanted both coaches gone and he was playing chess versus checkers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Neely did come out after the playoff, after Bruins were eliminated and said that the organization needed a different kind of coaching in the playoffs, which is not a ringing endorsement of Cassidy. Mm-hmm. Sweeney reportedly went to Cassidy's home to fire him. Why? Maybe since they know they'd be off campus and wanted to be out from Neely's eyesight or whatever, and they could have a more honest and open conversation. Neely would have been in the meeting if he, if they had done it at the garden or in the offices or at practice. And if you remember, well, you probably don't, but when they made, when they made the decision to, to trade Tyler Sagan, Neely was pushing that hard 
and it was all aired on behind the B, which was very weird. Um, it was the quote I think was that say he said that Sagan brought nothing but skill, and I guess he meant about his character. And that was just like one of those things where I was like, but he's such a good player. Why are we doing this? Yeah. Why are the Bruins doing this? So in the run-up to the 2015 draft, which was a horror show by all accounts, <laughs> Neely had fired Peter Shirelli, the GM, and the majority of the leaders of the scouting department in the months prior. And he did nothing for months on end. There was no interim GM. There was no one running the scouting department. It pretty much was treading water. Sweeney was brought in about a month before the draft, and the only plan they had was to package the three picks, three consecutive picks, and move up for Noah Hannafin. That plan was A, B, C, D, E, and F. And when they couldn't make the deal, they completely went into panic mode, and Neely had admitted years later that they set up Sweeney to fail at that draft because Chirelli had left them in such a bad spot. They were over the cap. They had unsigned players. They had all these players he gave no movement clauses. And I think there was something like they couldn't even re-sign Hamilton because of the 10% increase was going to put them over the budget. So Jeez. everyone now – so Shirelli fucked them, right? Then <laughs> was, Sweeney was handed this bag of shit with no prep. Um, now everyone wants Sweeney gone. Multiple sources are coming out and saying he's arrogant and disconnected from the players, and he doesn't know what he's doing. So with that in mind, here is a little bit of a breakdown for you. So these are full-time NHLers that have been drafted by Sweeney. Okay. Brandon Carlo, Charlie McAvoy, Ryan Lindgren, Jake DeBrusque, Jeremy Lozon, Daniel Vladar. And then you have Yakov Zaboral and Euro Vakaninen, who are on the cusp of being right. full-time NHLers. So here's full-time NHLers that were signed by Sweeney as undrafted free agents. Carson Kuhlman, Connor Clifton, Nola Chari, Fank Vetrano, Kevin Miller, and Tori Krug. Pretty good. Yeah. It's a pretty good record there. So these are some, these are two AHL players that Sweeney got his quote unquote add-ins during trades. Sean Corrali and Colin Miller. If I could take Colin Miller back right now, I would do it. And Corrali. I love them both. They're great players. Chiller. So here are the quote unquote good free agents that he signed. Craig Smith, Eric Halla, Anton Kudobin, Yaro Hulak, Joachim Nordstrom, Mike Riley, Derek Forbert. Pretty good. Yeah. Bad free agents. Matt Bolesky had the injuries. Yep. David Backus, shell of himself, bad term. Yep. These were the good trades he pulled. Taylor Hall, Curtis Lazar, Charlie Coyle, Hampus Lindholm, Marcus Johansson. Okay. All solid. The bad trades. Andre Kosh injuries he's not doing anything in toronto either rick nash they went all in nick ritchie zach ronaldo josh brown josh brown didn't really get a chance in my opinion okay. so i would say that his moves the good outweigh the bad yeah I so, think so i think the issue here is neely and he's not taking any uh responsibility no accountability and I feel like he's got Sweeney out in front, and Sweeney, maybe he does have some arrogance. I heard a story for, about him when I was in Toronto that didn't sit well with me, but he maybe has a little bit of the Harvard arrogance, and he's got to be the smartest guy in every room, but the guy knows hockey, yeah. so let him cook, and maybe Cassidy wasn't his choice, Yeah. so I don't know. We'll see what happens, and I just want this out there for the record. Oh, because um, 
something else that happened after I put the sheet together is uh, Tortorella's uh, basically got an offer on the table from Philly. Yep. I heard that today. Um, so there's some names being tossed around about the Bruins with coaching. Young guys. David Quinn. No, David Quinn's out of the top three, I heard today. Thank he God. Fucking, he shouldn't even be in the fucking conversation. I agree. But it, it would be the, such the Bruins thing to do is hire David Quinn. <laughs> but why don't they just give the job to Chris Kelly? Chris Kelly has been retired maybe seven or eight years. He was on the bench all last year. He knows the system, played with Bergeron, played with Marchand, so he's got a good vibe with those guys. He's a recent enough player and cup winner to stuff that ring in front of someone's face. You know what I mean? And I'm guessing he could get out there on the practice ice and wheel with these guys. (laughs) You know, that makes a difference. Yeah. Who is it? Boudreaux that they all make fun of because he can't skate, right? Randy Carlisle. Oh, Randy Carlisle. So I think my pick would be Chris Kelly, unless you're going to get Barry Trotz. But if you don't want, uh, if you want a player's coach, I don't think Trotz is your guy. Did they talk to Bergeron before they fired Cassidy? Do you think there's been rumors of that? Um, Sweeney had to have. Had to have. Sweeney said that um, uh, Don Sweeney on if Cassidy had lost the room, he said no. Um, Cassidy spoke about Bergeron. He said, "I'd like to take him with me. I thought we had a tremendous relationship. I respect the hell out of them." Bergeron has flat out denied it, but I mean, what's he going to say? So, I mean, it puts Bergeron in a shitty spot. He's not going to come out and be like, yeah, I want Cassidy gone. I couldn't stand him. Right. That's not yeah. his style. And none of these guys, I think they're all professionals. So. I'm not saying like Bergeron went there, but they definitely told Bergeron that they were going to fire him. Like there's no way. I would think so. Cause they're they waiting to hear if he's going to come back. Like, and if it, you know what I mean? If they're like, Hey, Bergeron, we're going to do this. And he's like, yeah, I don't think I'd come back. They probably wouldn't do it. Maybe. I mean, I know Krejci wasn't a fan because he made a point to comment when he was over in check that, well, they never let Pasta play on the second line when I was there. Yeah. So, hey, maybe Cassidy being gone and they bring back Krejci and all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden our center, you know, because right now the Bruins top four centers by default, Eric Halla, number one, Charlie Coyle, Jack Stadnika is the third and Thomas Nosek is the fourth line center. Those are your top four centers right now. It's not good. No, that's not good. But all of a sudden, if it's Bergeron, Krejci, Coyle, Halla, way better. Right. So, so that's that's what I got for you for the Bruins. We'll see. This could be the beginning of a like. What am I? I'm trying to think how my buddy said it today. He goes. (laughs) He goes. This is going to be tough. He goes. Every time you put on Nesson, it's going to be a kick in the dick for three hours. I think that's (laughs) how he put it for the upcoming season. He's got away with words. So he's got away with words. Um, Brownie, keep going. Beer league. Talk oh, about all right. You want to talk about your beer league first? Um, I don't really have any. Just playing softball right now. All right. So we had for the league that we will not name because they're not an advertiser yet. We had the national beer league championships up in Toronto, outside Toronto, actually Mississauga. Uh. Great time, great tournament. They do a fantastic job balancing out the teams. Every game usually is competitive. I think out of four games, we had three one-goal games, I think, or two one-goal games and one a two-goal game. The first game, we blew them out. Um, yeah, here's my mea culpa. We're up six or seven to nothing, 
And the goalie and I drove up together in the van and uh, we were talking the whole ride about like, he's like, oh, I don't mind it when you block shots because you know what you're doing and you knock them down. It was, but it makes me nervous. So it was in my head and uh, kid took a shot from the left circle and I kind of halfway reached and then changed my mind. One handed, completely dead in the puck and put it between his legs, blew the shutout. Oh, no. And of course, we had the same refs all day. So every time I saw him in the walking in between in the locker rooms he's like did you buy him beers yet that you own beers they're all good guys toronto boys but yeah it was a lot of fun we went up there with the team uh we didn't win but we had a good time and i got a little uh oh i would i do want to tell you a story i want to see if you can guess this so the in the middle of the rink there's a bar okay there's like six or eight sheets and there's a bar in the middle and you can see out the window into a few different rinks so you can literally sit there drink beers and watch guys play Mm-hmm. And this is, I mean, this is a rink that has some legitimate junior teams like uh, the Vaughn Kings play there. And they were, had a list of like their players that have gone through there. Mitch Marner, Justin Williams, uh, Bennington, a lot of big names, you know? Yeah. So um, we we're watching the game and the goalie goes way out into the corner to play a puck and rim it. And some kid comes bombing in and blows up the goalie laid him out goalie was down on his face huge scrums i'm gonna give you one guess what number was the kid wearing who hit the goalie 69 a hundred percent correct <laughs> <laughs> so we're all in the we're all in the bar watching we're like it's shorzy <laughs> oh my god yeah so that was pretty funny but i do want to give a shout out to the boys i got them all here so Mike C. I'm not going any last names. Mike C. Yeah. You heard about what Whitney went through at Pearson. <laughs> Mike C. Went through the same thing. A couple of guys did. He did not get in until 3:30 a.m. Thursday night. He left his house, I think, at like 10 a.m. Thursday morning, and he had no bags. He competed all weekend. He had to go back the next day and get his bag before our game. He competed all weekend. Flew home in time Monday night to hop on the ice to run the beginner school at the local rink. Jesus. So, Jesus Christ. Good for Mike. Yeah. Uh, Ed, Big Ed. Big Ed. Ed had shoulder and knee, urgy, knee injuries that he fought through until our last game. He scored a sweet goal from uh, the paint, showed that his hands were still good. As soon as he was like, I'm done, I can't go anymore, he went straight from Gatorade to Fireball on the Rocks. So <laughs> shout out to Ed. Uh, Donnie Boy. So the fourth game, once Ed went down, they moved me up to forward. Uh, and I was playing with Donnie, and they played me on left wing. I know how to play right wing. I know how to play center. Dude, when I play left wing, I am all over the place. It's fucking oh. ridiculous. I'm an idiot. So Donnie covered my wandering ass when I could not stay on the <laughs> left wing, and I ended up at the center most of the time. And he also came in clutch with a huge box of, uh, bottle of Tums when the boys needed it. Oh, that's – yeah. yeah. Every, every team needs a Tums guy. He, yeah, he had the Tums. Uh, Bill – Bill was calm and key, calm and cool as a cucumber, cool as the other side of your pillow in all situation. He played his game, no complaints, no bitching. It could be his normal composure. It could be ketamine. No one really knows. So good on Bill. Uh, Artie, the one-man party, he brought the Artie bomb. That's his big clapper. He brought it with him north of the border, but apparently all the ammo uh, got left at customs, and he only scored <laughs> on his uh, his new st- shot, the Artie puff shot. Okay. Uh, Tony Mai Tai. So, Tony 
You're the man if your nickname's Tony Maithai, dude. (laughs) He scored a goal for the ages, and he spoke more words per minute than anyone in the history of hockey once he got some cocktails in him. Guy won't say a fucking peep till he gets some drinks in him. He's like uh, the guy on How I Met Your... uh, No, The Big Bang Theory, who can't talk to anyone until he's drinking. Uh, Big Kev. Oh, so this fucking beauty. So... We had a pickup skate, so we let everybody left to go up there Thursday. We had a pickup skate Tuesday night, I think it was. At pickup, Kev fucking e- hit eject on his gloves and was throwing punches at a kid at fucking oh, pickup. <laughs> then we go up there, and clearly he blew his load at the fucking pickup skate because he put that all away and he dropped a hat trick in our first or second game. He was up for the Lady Bing, but ended up getting two minutes, so he did not get it. Okay, uh, Choir Boy Steve. <laughs> lost his shit about an offsides call and argued it for about 18 hours. I'd be willing to wager that if you asked him right now about it, he'd still start arguing with you. Uh, Mark, captain of the D, he broke his stick on a back check on a three-on-one, laid out, ate the shot to the gut, and kept the boys in the game. Legend play right there. Fucking sick. Gang Martin, dude. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Nick, Nick came along. He's one of the, he's a son of one of the players. He came along as the equipment manager and was scouted by the refs during an intermission. And the ref made him take a lap because he wanted to see his crossovers and gave him a card. So he might have a video coach. He might have a vacation home. I'm not sure exactly what's going on there with Nick. Uh, Fitzy, Fitzy played all 200 feet with max effort, no matter the situation. And most importantly, he got to the keg early for our team dinner and did the pre-scouting and had the order ready to go for the boys when we walked in. I go, Fitzy, what are you getting? He goes, keg classic brownie with the shrimp. <laughs> My guy. <laughs> Pete Pete had a mysterious Ziploc bag full of quote-unquote vitamins and breathe right strips. He played chippy when needed, was a one-man breakout all weekend, and was offering up <laughs> random colored pills from his bag. He's so good for him. Billy Burgundy. Relentless back check, timely snipes, skated his ass off. And when I moved to forward, I think it was my first shift. He comes bomb because I was changing with him. He comes bombing to the bench. He's like, Brownie, Brownie, go, go. And proceeds to trip me as I walk out the gate. So my first shift, I fall flat on my face coming out the gate. Because the boards were like, you could hear an echo jumping off these boards. Yeah, way to uh, to get your feet wet there. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Uh, Goalie Mike stood on his head for the whole tourney. Was a great companion for the ride up and back. And... Found out that he needs an hour of stretching prior to the game, so he now uh, is leading the entire team in a pregame yoga stretching. <laughs> uh, Sid the Kid had the best shorthanded goal in tourney history. I think he, I think he dove and tapped it in as he slid into the corner. It was fucking sick. He might be homeless right now because he's in a house hunting crisis, but he made a friend for life with the rink bartender. I can tell you about that offline. uh gary organized the whole trip with the food the travel the hotel he had a spreadsheet that had like 85 fucking columns he managed the kitty and coordinated the dinner and at the team dinner saturday night the keg he was rightfully awarded the a for alternate captain love that he may have a future modeling because some old pictures of him came up that i may or may not had a part of but he was uh, a good sport about it and last but not least johnny d team captain he played four games in 21 hours with us, and then he hopped on for another game Sunday afternoon, making it five games in 35 hours, all while defying Mother Nature and Father Time as he clocks in as a sprightly 67. Good for him, dude. The D in Johnny D apparently stands for Donkey Dick. So, donkey Dick. 
There you have it. That's our trip to Toronto. I mean, I'm glad you had fun, man. Yeah, it's a good time. I think that's sick. Um, I'm hoping you guys go back again next year. Like that's yeah, and if we're sponsored, I can even tell you the name of the league that puts on this wonderful tournament. Even you may maybe we can get you guys jerseys. We'll figure it out. That'd be kind of cool. Um, yeah, beer league roundup. Fucking right, brownie. Um, are we gonna break? Are we gonna break down wait, the conference wait. finals? So I want to tell you one. I want to tell you one. Like you know, people talk about fishing stories. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you my my one thing. Is they move me to forward? I'm playing D, no problems, right? Having a good old time out there. Move me up to forward. I think it was a must-win game. Like we had to win. I <laughs> have you ever seen Tin Cup? Yeah. Okay. So I I'm playing. I'm lefty, and I break down the right wing. Of course, I was not in position, but I like to play the off wing. So I come down the right wing or like center, like slot to right. And I got a guy trailing me, but he was down the corner. A guy with me. I mean, one defenseman. I'm like, I got this kid. So I dip my shoulder. I go outside him towards the circle and I can see a like shoebox size hole where the goalie's not covering over his right shoulder. Right. Mm -hmm. So I throw a backhand on. And when I say I got a good backhand off, I got a good backhand off. I it's probably better than my slap shot. This backhand, dude. And I there's nothing better than getting a good backhand off, and there's really not that many of them that you do. So like you remember the ones that you do. I do. So in my head, right when I released this backhand, it was like Tin Cup when he's like, "We're home," right? Yeah. I take the shot and I'm like, "It's in." Like that thought went through my head. I'm like, "It's in." Yeah. And then what do I hear? No, off the fucking corner and up. I was like, "What?" I had like one hand halfway up. So, yeah. So no cookie for brownie there. Yeah, but sometimes it's almost cooler hitting the bar. Yeah, yeah. would have been better if it went bar bar down, but I'll take it. It was fun though. We like I said, we still had fun. But sorry, I just want to tell you that one. No, 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 you're good. Uh, conference finals wise, obviously Colorado they won. They was a sweep. Yeah, and the Lightning won in six. We got Stanley Cup Finals coming up right now. Uh, let's just make our predictions. Brownie, what do you got? I said Colorado in seven. <sighs> I said it, and I have witnesses. I put it out on Twitter prior to the game tonight. All right. I got Tampa in six, so we will see what ends up happening there. Um, hero and zero time. Oh, did you eight. look at the three stars? Yeah. All right. Hey, fans. This is Dominic Moore. I'm just going to take you guys through a little bit of the behind-the-scenes stuff here. All right, hero and zero time. My hero, quickly, the New York Rangers. Thank you for a hell of a season. Thank you for making me fucking – and I always love hockey, but fuck, that was cool. My zero, to people who think rags is like a derogatory term towards oh, Rangers, right, right. you must be the biggest loser on planet Earth. Like, talk to bees, talk to sends, talk to pens, talk to cats, talk to – that's what you do. Like, you you take a team's name and you, you kind of bring it down, talking rags. And I've always talked what, rags what to my boy. Say? What would they say then? Talking rangies? Yeah, I don't know. It makes no sense. It's like the biggest fucking New York City hardo thing I've ever heard in my entire life. It blow, it blows my. Is mind. it like the whole fraternity? You don't call it a frat? Is that what the they mentality? Fucking is? blow me, dude. Like when, when me and my friend <laughs> fucking talk rangers, we talk rags. Like and that's no, I agree with you. I didn't think it, I listen. Whenever I do write ups and it, and it, they're, the Bruins are playing the Rangers, I call them the rags. I don't mean it derogatory. And people it, are, people are like, oh, Islander fans and Devils fans. That that's what they use to call us. Who gives a shit, dude? Like, what do you call the Islanders? Isles. They Isles and the Devils. I call Debbies. Oh, do you? But that's like, like and the Isles were called fish sticks. 
Like some people call them. Oh, the oh that's because of the Gorton's logo. That it's fucking that stupid, dude. You call the Islanders the Isles. You call the Devils. I call them the Debbies just because. But like, what a fucking hard out. That pissed me off beyond belief. So, um, yep, heroes and zeros. Because that works out well when people tell you not to do something and you double down and do it more. So, oh, well, like, you fucking stupid <laughs> motherfucker, man. Like, <laughs> insane. There you go. What do you got? Uh, I don't have a zero. I guess me for hitting the post um, would be my closest. I don't really have a zero. But my uh, my hero, and this is not a shot at the Rangers in any way, shape, or form. Okay. And I think it's been long established. I have hatred for the Lightning team, right? <laughs> I feel like yeah. that's a baseline fact. But when a Tampa Bay Lightning fan gets sucker punched for yeah. doing nothing, nothing at New York, he was doing nothing. And I'm not even going to clap. I'm not going to lump all the Rangers fans in on that because it looked like a pretty swanky entrance and exit. It wasn't like it yeah. wasn't like a push steel door in the stairs at the garden at the yeah. Boston Garden. You know, it looked like a nice entrance. Well, anyways, he got punched out cold at Madison Square Garden. The CEO of the Lightning, Steve Griggs, reached out to him via social media and hooked him up with a whole bunch of playoff swag, which I thought was he's my hero of the week. Steve Griggs, because he didn't need to do that. Yeah. I know it's good PR and it didn't cost him anything, but still, he didn't need to do it. So, yeah, no, good on absolutely. him. That's my hero of the week. That's good hero of the week. Fuck that guy who took that swing. What a scumbag. Yeah, it's just shitty. Um, is there anything right. worse than a sucker punch, really? No, getting spit on. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. Um, last segment three stars. All right, Jim and Mike, thanks very kindly. A nice weekend for you. As always, our three-star selectors are stars of the hockey scene wherever we go on Rogers Hometown Hockey. All right, three stars of the week. Here we go. So, uh, in honor of conference championships, will they, won't they, touch the trophy superstitions, your top three superstitions that you do or that your buddies do. Um, my third star, I, I won't mow the lawn until the cooler's full with beer. Like that's I don't know if that's a superstition, but like I won't do it. So like the oh, cooler, yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah. Like I won't that's do interesting. it. Interesting. I was only thinking water. hockey, but that's good. Oh no, no, I don't think any of mine are hockey. Only one of them was hockey. Two of mine are. So One's that was mine. Third star. That's the, the cooler needs to be full, otherwise the fucking we're getting some serious grass. That's fair. I will say uh, now that I'm rethinking this, uh, I'm going to give you two honorable mentions that come to mind. Okay. One is Sid, Sidney Crosby, mm-hmm. and I know you're not a big Sid guy, but I just think it's cool because I think it speaks to him being like a like a regular dude. Yeah, he picks, he goes to the pro shop every year at the beginning of the season, and he picks a baseball hat, a Penguins hat, one of the styles, and he wears only that hat all year. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that. And if you look at it, if you look at him in interviews later in the year, it's all sweat-stained, and it looks nasty. And he does that every year. And it's a different hat. Yeah, so that one's one. And then the other one was uh, Ray Bork. Uh, At the end end of warm-ups, Bork used to do uh, tap the pads of the goalie, do a spin, tap the pads the other way, do another spin. And then at the end of the um, anthem, he would skate down the blue line, touch the ice, cross himself, and skate off. So those are my honorable mentions. Those are good uh-huh. ones that I always remember. Um, for me, my third star is uh, I cannot play a game, and this is going back to high school lacrosse. I cannot play a game or coach a game, even when I coached, I did it, without a piece of watermelon bubblicious in my mouth. 
I chew gum the entire game. I don't wear a mouth guard. So I chew gum the entire game. And there's pictures of me blowing bubbles like skating with the puck. And I will say, you feel like a rock star when you see that picture. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Maybe I'll start chewing gum. I, I don't hate that at all. And I've actually been late to games trying to find watermelon bubblicious when I forgot stuff. Yeah. Fair so there you go. Uh, my number two star is when I used to pitch in baseball. I would always go to the back of the mound and draw uh, two Fs for my grandpa. No matter. Oh, what that's nice. Do, no matter what I would do, that would be my number two star. That's sick. I like that. And one. then you don't touch the lines when you run off the field. Oh, like you hop over. Yeah. Gotcha. I never played baseball. Um. All right, my number two star is not me. This is a kid I coached. I don't want to say his name beyond Cam, but <laughs> he. I coached him in lacrosse. He had. How do I put this delicately? He had a pregame ritual that if he didn't do it, he would immediately get penalty, penalty, penalty. And I'd be like, what is wrong with you? And he's and he finally admitted to me his senior year. He has to he had to rub one out before every game in order to calm down a little bit. <laughs> in order to calm down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So when uh when I was coaching at this high school. We did uh, for all the seniors. We started a tradition where we gave them like little trophies, superlatives, mm-hmm. like you know, most likely to take your shirt off, you know, stuff like that. Funny. And I was right on his. It was best pregame ritual. And we're at the end of the t- end of uh, season dinner, the banquet with all the players and their parents and like my wife. So me and my wife are sitting there with the assistant coach and his wife, and he walks up and he's like, "Hey, coach." And I go, hey, tell Lori, my wife, I go, hey, tell Lori about your uh, your trophy. And he's like, uh, I like to listen to Neil Diamond before the game. And like <laughs> wandered away awkwardly. So shout out to that guy. I don't he listens to the podcast, so he'll be thrilled when he hears this. Fair enough. Um, That's my number two. I like being the last guy on the ice and the last guy off the ice. Like in warm-ups and yep. after the game. Like that's just I always kind of do it. I always kind of like dick around, unless I'm like I'm in an absolute rush. But normally, that's kind of yeah. Do you do the same warm up every time? No, not really. I go out there, I shoot, I stretch, and I shoot. But you don't do a particular. No, I sh- that'd be kind of cool if I did. No, I, I do. Probably- same, I do the same warm up and stretch and skate every time. I very rarely shoot at all in warm ups. Oh, I, I love shooting in warm-ups. If I hit a crossbar, most of the time we get right off the fucking ice. <laughs> I barely <laughs> touch the puck in warm-ups, and I like to stretch the same way. I like to do the same amount of laps Yeah, before I stretch. And I used to be really bad. I had this one buddy. I used to not get dressed until he, like, once he got his leg pads on, I got my leg pads on. My only other one I still do is I never leave the locker room before the goalie. I like that. That's like I don't know why. I just don't like doing it. Um, me and my buddy Sisty, when I played at Siena, before all of our practices, everybody get out there and kind of dick around, and we'd go into one end. And at first, we would fucking I drive the net, and he throws up some sauce, and I try to like head the fucking pucks in the net. Nice. And then afterwards, we would kind of go into the corners and just try to loft the pucks on top of the net. And every once in a while, oh, that's I a good one. It's not bad. That's good one. All right. So my number one star is a little bit of a story. So. <laughs> Well, the reason this popped in my head, because this this came up this week and I had to tell the guys because something happened to my stick at that last pickup skate. So, oh, man, we're going back like this has to be 12 or 13 years ago on the back of my house. There are French doors going out to the deck. Okay, 
on the kitchen. And there's a railing across from it because it's kind of close to the property line. So it's got to be like a narrower part of the deck and it goes to the bigger part of the deck. So there's one morning, this is when I had an office shop. And there's one morning I'm asleep and I hear like this clink, 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 clink. I'm like, what the hell is that? So I go downstairs and there's a Robin standing on the railing fighting his reflection in the uh, in the French doors. Wait, I think I... I think I know. I think you've told this story. Have before. I told you? This? Have I told this on the podcast? Keep going. I think you don't. You take the feather. Yeah. yeah so I've told going. this. To, have I told I this think, on the podcast, or I told it to you? Going. Keep going. Keep, right. going. keep going. Keep going. So, anyways, this bird keeps fighting himself. His reflection. He's shitting all there. So I come home and the whole window smeared with fucking bird shit. I'm online trying to figure out what to do. I'm hanging up pictures of hawks. I'm hanging sheets behind it. This goes on for like a week, and then he finally goes away. Everybody's telling me to just shoot him. I'm like, no, he's just doing his deal. I mean, it's a bird, you know, yeah. doing his thing. So I uh, I let it go. He, finally, breeding time or territory time, whatever's over, and it's done. The following year, tink, 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 tink. And the bird had like a distinctive black mark on his orange part. And I'm like, it's the same fucking bird. He came <laughs> back the second year. So at this point, I got a BB gun from one of my buddy's kids. And I plunk the bird. He goes down. Take him out of the pasture. I put him, yeah, I gave him a respectful, but I, I didn't want to just leave him there. I felt bad and it should honor him in some way. So I took one of his feathers and I taped it to the shaft of my stick. It's down like above the curb, below where my bottom hand goes. And I just tape it there. And a couple of guys in the team I used to play on knew it. The goalie was one and he used to always hit it hit that part with his stick before games. That was his thing. Yeah. So this feather has been transferred to like probably six or seven sticks over the time. Cause whenever I break one, I take it. So we're playing pickup the other night and I look at the tape. Cause I, I also don't like my blades to touch the ground. Yeah. So like when I tape them, I lean them up against the wall, blades on top, butt end on the ground. Mm -hmm. And when I sit on the bench, I hold them the same way. So you could see it. And one of the guys actually it was Kevin. Big Kev, he's sitting next to me on the bench at the pickup before he dropped the gloves and threw punches. He uh, he goes, what the fuck is that? Because you could see like the feather, the the bone part. Right. So I'm like, I'll tell you the story in the parking lot. So I tell him the story. So I retaped it. And then I had to tell the guys up in uh, in Toronto because some of them were asking about me. So that's my number one superstition. I still have this bird feather for 10, 12 years on my hockey stick. If that bird had a name, what do you think the name would be? Ooh. Oh man, think about it. It would have to be something like Roger, Roger, Roger the Robin, dude. Oh, oh, you're doing alliteration. Maybe. Um, I was thinking it would have to be something like, like a someone like I'm thinking like in terms of hockey, it would have to be like a player that plays all 200 feet that was tough. <laughs> that you know what I mean? He didn't take shit. You know? does all the right things. Yeah, plays the game the right way. You know, like. I mean, the obvious choice is Patrice, but, you know, it doesn't really go with Robin. Uh, actually, you know what? Since we were talking about him, Barkley Robin might not be a bad one. Barkley Robin. We'll stick a little shout out to Gaudreau there. Six taps to the Robin, dude. So there uh, you go. That's my number one superstition. And I listen, if you're listening to this podcast and I already told that story, I apologize. But <laughs> no, it's a pretty story. good story. Great story. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that was this week's podcast. We'll, we'll try to do one this weekend. Uh, yeah, if you want, all right, cool. Yeah, we'll try figure to get one done this weekend. We'll bring it back. We'll see. There might not be any news. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Um, I do have this one. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. You wrap no, it up. No, you're good. So, 
you know, I normally sign off, you know, God bless Jerome, but yeah. little twist on that this week. Oh boy. Uh, Jerome Aginla's daughter, her name is Jade. She won uh, World Junior Gold in the women's U18s in Wisconsin. He got one in 1996 and hers is 2022. She's the oldest of his three kids. The whole family was there to support. She just graduated Shattuck St. Mary's. Not a big deal. And she's going to Brown. Oh, so buddy. If you just said Northeastern, I would have shit my pants. Oh, same. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Dude, if she had gone, if she had said Northeastern. But I'll tell you right now. I will be at that fucking Brown game. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. And he'll probably be there. Oh, I'm sure he'll be there. That's yeah. fucking cool. Well, hey, so that's, he that's said Northeastern. I'm sure they recruited her. That's our shot at it, dude. Yeah. So there you go. So, hey, to him, to her, to the whole Aginla family, Jerome the Robin would not be a bad call either. Uh, God bless you all. And congratulations to her, to Jade. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We will talk to you guys next week. Uh, yeah. See you guys later.